Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. My name is Janelle Feller. And I'm Katie Nordby. These are the stories of Sandra Bertolas and Paige Johnson. Sandra Bertolas was the youngest of eight children, two boys and six girls. Their parents, Albert and Dorothy, raised this large Catholic family in a small one-story home in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. In 1988, Sandra was 20 years old and studying marketing and business in her first year at Waukesha County Technical College. She had a new boyfriend, and she worked part-time as a beautician at Crosscutters. Her oldest sister, Lori Duvernell, said that Sandra wanted to look perfect colorful and glamorous before she left the house. She was always looking for sales and bargains and on the lookout for the latest fashions. She liked to shop, but had little money, so she sewed her own creations. She carried a large white handbag that housed a vast supply of cosmetics and hair care products. On April 24, 1988, Sandra attended a friend's bridal shower. She came home late in the afternoon and took a nap. She took a couple of calls, and when her sister asked if she wanted any ice cream, Sandra responded in a way that indicated that she didn't want ice cream and she wasn't very happy. It seems that she had told her girlfriends that her boyfriend wasn't who he said he was. Sandra had become suspicious, so she ran his plates and found that he had given her an alias and a false address. It also appeared that he had a longtime girlfriend in Milwaukee. To make matters more complicated, Sandra was pregnant. She told several of her friends that she had already told her boyfriend about the pregnancy. Sandra reported that her boyfriend had begged to see her that night, but she had told him that she didn't have gas money, so when he offered to pay for gas, she finally agreed to meet him. Her mother said that she left the house at 8.15 p.m. Sandra never came home. Sandra would have called home if she could have. She had been grounded so many times for staying out late, and her dad told her, just call us and let us know where you are. Within 24 hours, Sandra's father was calling every hospital in the area. He knew immediately that something was wrong. The police were not concerned because Sandra was almost 21 years old. Several days later, they found her prized possession, a white car parked at the red carpet bowling alley on the 10,900 block of West Lantham Street in West Alice, Wisconsin. There were, there were no signs of a struggle, no blood and no evidence in the trunk. However, the police now had a case. The boyfriend was interviewed by the police. He was an ambulance driver and was preparing to take his agility test to become a firefighter. He denied giving Sandra a fake name. He denied knowing that she was pregnant. He insisted that he had spent the night with his longtime girlfriend at her family's home on the south side of Milwaukee. His girlfriend's story was similar to his. The police scheduled a second interview with the boyfriend because he had remembered some additional details. However, the lawyer called and reported that the boyfriend would not be speaking to the police anymore. In June 1988, an anonymous tip led the police to Mount Olivet Cemetery at 3801 West Morgan Avenue in Milwaukee. They found out that the boyfriend's father was a caretaker for the cemetery and that the boyfriend had worked there at one time. 
cadaver dogs were brought in and let loose from three different areas. The dogs became focused on a recent burial plot. Eventually, they dug up the casket and inspected the burial plot. It doesn't appear that they opened the casket. Shortly after Sandra disappeared, her family had found a napkin in her room with the Mount Olivet Cemetery address on it. It was in Sandra's writing. From this point forward, the family would search an area after the police searched it, just to make sure that they had turned over every single stone. But Bertola's family would test bones that they recovered, which were always animal bones. Sandra's sister, Laura, said that the words that she remembers most from that time are, quote, without a body, there is no crime, unquote. Sandra's sister, Paula Petuska, remembers looking over at her parents and seeing her mother and father with shovels in their hands, digging for their daughter's remains in a wooded area. I just can't even imagine having that as, as a memory. That's just so upsetting. And the family did this as a together. Right. I mean, they didn't want mom and dad to go out there alone, so whoever was available went with. And that's just so sad. Digging for their daughter's remains. Two of the sisters postponed their wedding, waiting for Sandra's return. In 2001 or 2002, there were conflicting, there's conflicting information on the year. The Menominee Falls Police Department did a 21-month-long search regarding Sandra's disappearance. They brought in 50 witnesses, but the probe concluded without any indictments issued. Sandra's father died in 2010. The family has purchased a burial plot for Sandra next to her father in the St. Anthony Cemetery. St. Anthony is the patron saint of all lost things. Today, Sandra Bertolas would be 52 years old. She was five foot six and between 150 and 160 pounds. She had brown hair and blue eyes. She was last seen wearing a blue tweed jacket, black pants, and carrying a large white handbag. Sandra was pregnant at the time of her disappearance. If you have any information about the disappearance of Sandra Bertolas, please contact the Menominee Falls Police Department at 262-532-8700. So <clears throat> we have, we've talked about this a lot, and we know that the statistics say that a woman who is pregnant is at great risk of harm, potentially, from her partner. Yeah. And I, I did a little bit of research, and I found an article from... Um, March 2001, this was from the Journal of the American Medical Association, which said that homicide was the leading cause of mortality during pregnancy in the first uh, postpartum year. It accounted for one out of five deaths. Wow. And then another journal of midwifery and women's health found that 43% of maternal deaths over an eight-year period in Washington, D.C. Uh, were due to homicide. So I don't know if that... That seems, I don't know why, that seems surprising to me still. Um, well, it, it is surprising, and it's upsetting. And, you know, especially in this case when there were some kind of misleading things that he had told her or that she found out. And then you find out those statistics. Yeah. Um, you know, that he had given her a false name and that he had another girlfriend. And then, you know, to find out that she's pregnant may have been upsetting. Well, and they'd only been dating for about three months. Yeah. And um, um, he had plans, and that interfered with the plans. Right. Um, 
he uh, and nothing that I saw ever listed his name. Hmm. Nothing. There was nothing that listed his name. And um, you know, with all this time that's passed, the person who caused Sandra Bertolis to go missing has been living their life this whole time. Right. And he, I mean, they they never said it anywhere, but he has to be the prime suspect. You would think. Because she was 20 years old. Yeah. She hadn't lived much life. Right. At, at that point. He was the last person to have contact with her that mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Though he denied that. He said that yeah. he didn't see her at all. Oh, sure. And that he had been with his girlfriend. But Oh, um, yeah, that's right. That his right. longtime girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But, um, and at the time, 1988, there wasn't, this would have been landlines, and so there wasn't the same kind of... Um, A record. Record that, that, right, that could prove otherwise. Um, it seems, it, it, it certainly is a coincidence that his father-in-law worked at this cemetery um, that that they had received an anonymous tip for. Um, Sandra had the address written at her home on a napkin. Right. Um, with, he had worked at that cemetery. Um, and it, it seems like at that time that the Bertolas family just kind of lost a little bit of faith that, um, that the police... We're looking at every something happened that caused that family to, to then question everything that <clears throat> was going on. Yeah. So they would do their own search. And I think I think that that's understandable. I think that it would be hard to, regardless of the the job that law enforcement is doing, regardless of how many people are on the case, it's your it baby. Would, yeah, it would be hard to to not do your own investigating. It would be hard to it would be hard to trust that they're doing. A good enough job in your mind just right. because right so without a body they can't determine what happened to her and who might have been responsible and um yeah i think that i think that if it was my child i'd do the same thing yeah this was a large family eight kids and uh i no, it wouldn't be you'd have to look for yourself yep in 2010, Paige Johnson was 17 years old, raising her two-year-old daughter in Florence, Kentucky. She had dropped out of high school after her daughter was born. She is described as fun-loving, kind, and would do anything for anyone. She was responsible and mature and was looking for a job and hoping to enroll in community college. Her and her boyfriend had plans to move into an apartment together. On the night of September 22, 2010, Paige left her mother's house in Florence to go out with friends. According to the Charlie Project website, at around midnight, Paige sent a message to her older sister saying she needed to talk to her immediately. She didn't say what she needed to discuss. Paige was supposed to be going to her sister's house after the party. Paige hasn't been seen or heard from since. An acquaintance, 22-year-old Jacob Thomas Bumpus, said he dropped Paige off near 15th Street and Scott in Covington, Kentucky, at approximately 1 a.m. on September 23rd. That wasn't the boyfriend. That was not the boyfriend. Okay. He was just an acquaintance. Okay. Jacob hired an attorney and has never fully cooperated with authorities. But what they found when they got his phone records was that his phone pinged in Florence when he was supposedly dropping Paige off in Covington, 10 miles away. Phone records led investigators with cadaver dogs to the 4,800-acre East Fort State Park in Claremont County, Ohio, 
about 40 minutes away from Florence, because Jacob sent a text message from that area around 4.30 a.m. on September 23rd. The park's terrain includes rugged hills and open meadows. They searched the William H. Harsha Lake, which is 100 feet deep in some areas. Unfortunately, they found no trace of Paige. So do you know when they pull those records, can they see what the text message said? Or can they do they only know that a message was sent? I would guess that they can see what the message said. Okay. Um, it must not have been important as far as the case. Right. It just was a message. It was just where where the ping was right. from that okay. was important. I, I, I'm assuming. It didn't list anywhere what the text message was about. Phone records also show that Jacob and Paige had ongoing contact prior to the 23rd, and then nothing after that date. Jacob was reportedly acting strange in the days after Paige's disappearance. He changed his cell phone and cleaned out his car. Now, I know from just working with the people that I work with, I knew a week in advance when you were going to change your phone. It wasn't a, changing the phone or your phone is kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. I, I mean, I don't know if that's because of our age, but we've talked about it. Yeah, it, it is a big deal. And it's not done willy-nilly or without thought. Right, right. Investigators searched his vehicles and apartment and found red stains and two latex gloves in his kitchen sink, but the stains were not blood. Investigators sought warrants for both Paige and Jacob's Facebook and MySpace accounts, hoping they would contain information that would lead to finding Paige, although it's unclear if anything was found. Can I ask a question? I don't know what MySpace is. So MySpace was popular before Facebook. Okay. Um, it was kind of the same it, social media. You had friends on there. You could chat back and forth. Um, Post pictures. Yeah. Okay. It's not popular anymore. Okay. I didn't find much else until 2012 when an anonymous tip led authorities to the southeastern region of Kentucky to a wooded area near a farm by Barberville, which is two hours away from Florence. Kenton County Commonwealth Attorney Rob Sanders wrote on his website at that time, Quote, law enforcement officials cleared a very large area of brush and overgrowth. After sifting through bucket after bucket of dirt turned up nothing, a backhoe was called in to slowly unearth the entire area, unquote. It went on to say that the area they dug up was about the size of an Olympic swimming pool. They found nothing. In 2013, authorities received a tip that Paige was in a cistern in the backyard of a building at the 3500 block of DeCourcy Pike in Latonia, about 15 minutes from Florence. Again, they found no sign of Paige. Tips still come in, but most of them are vague. Covington Police Detective Justin Bradbury told the Inquirer in 2015 that, quote, there's not much in the way of credible leads that have enough information. If there's even a piece of information that we can tie with the information we had, we definitely work it, unquote. As for Jacob Thomas Bumpus, He's never officially been named a suspect and won't speak with police. Paige's father and grandmother have passed away without knowing what happened to her. Paige's now teenage daughter will never know her mom. Paige was 17 years old when she went missing in 2010. She would be 27 this year. She is described as Caucasian, 5'1", and 110 pounds. She has light brown hair with blonde highlights and brown eyes. Her ears, tongue, and navel are pierced. She has a C-section scar on her abdomen. She has a beauty mark on the left side of her face and a tattoo of purple and teal stars and swirls on her right hip. 
page may go by the middle name Galusa or use the last name Napier. If you have any information about Paige Johnson's whereabouts, please call the Covington Police Department at 859-292-2222. So you never mentioned anything about the boyfriend? I didn't find any information about the boyfriend. Um, so I, I would assume that... He had an alibi? Uh, or? Yeah, he had nothing to do with, with this. And I don't know if boyfriend was also the daughter's father or there, it wasn't very clear on, mm-hmm. on that sort of thing. So I can, again, assuming that those people weren't a part of her disappearance. Right. The, the, the father of the child and or the boyfriend. Right. Right. She was 17 years old. Yeah. She could have run away. She could have. But she had a two-year-old daughter. She had a two-year-old daughter and her, her mom said that she would always check in with her mom. She talked to her at least, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. So it, this wasn't something that was, it wasn't common for her to just be gone for, for days at a time and not check in. Right. And she had had a discussion with her sister in some way, some yeah. format to say that I need to talk to you. But yep. um, Yeah, we don't know what she needed to talk about or if that had anything to do with what then may have happened to her. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that the terrain in that area of Kentucky looks like, but there's a lot of space yeah. and maybe not a whole lot of people. Right. There's lots of places to hide a body if you wanted to. Yeah. Did it say anything else about this Bumpus? Did he have any any criminal record or anything? Um, well, I did. He he had served some time. Um, I want to say after her disappearance, but it was for. Drugs or traffic-related things. Not, um, yeah, nothing nothing having to do with with her. And it didn't sound like they were major, you know, no major, major violent item. crimes oh, or anything oh, like that. Right, that yeah. he hadn't had any major violent crimes. Right, there was a that I could see anyway. Or a, yeah. or, or a drug charge. I think there was marijuana and like a traffic violation or okay. something along those lines. So Paige is still missing and we have... There's nothing else. I couldn't find anything more recent um, about her case. Her daughter would be the same age as Paige was when she had the... Close, yeah. So is the daughter being raised by the by Paige's mother? It didn't say. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't find anything about that. But I think, you know, hopefully just by repeating her name, repeating her story, um, keeping it out there that... Hopefully, something will spark yeah, a something a memory or a you know that's why we that's why we have to talk about we have to say her name we have to tell her story we have to talk about um, what the facts that we as we know them yep. and um, hopefully it connects it connects and leads police to her right because at this point it would be a huge relief just something just to bring her home yeah yep. we ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media missing person photos along with information and articles used for these cases can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com <laughs>
So for this weekly distraction, I have a reason your kids are crying. Oh, goodness. His brother took one chip from his bowl. <laughs> I can see. I get it. Especially if it's a, a chili Frito. Oh, my favorite. Um, your daughter is crying because she was not allowed to drink toilet bowl cleaner. <laughs> they just don't know the danger. They don't they know the danger. They just don't understand. This little boy is crying because a box of tampons is not a toy. It is not. It is not a toy. It's nothing funny. There's nothing funny about there's that. nothing funny. She's crying because there's no more chocolate left on the spoon. Oh. I get that. Because she ate it. Because she ate it. Yeah. It is completely covering her face. Right. <laughs> but I would cry too. I would too. Relatable. This little boy is crying because it's not his birthday. Oh. That's tough. It's tough. Until yeah. you get over like... 21. <laughs> right. then, then you're crying because it is, it is your birthday. Yeah, right. It's the opposite. Um, this little boy is crying because I told him to say hi instead of meow. <laughs> I think the mother has an issue with that. Or right. what if he was saying hi and meow? And, well, and I think this awful judgy. <laughs> A little judgy. And um, <laughs> that's how cats say hi. And right. We don't know what, what he was trying to say. Somebody who's Catist? Uh, <laughs> prejudice against cats is what I was trying to say. Um, which didn't come over very well. Sure, no. This little girl is crying because mommy stopped her makeover, which looks as if she was stabbing mascara in her eye. Oh, well. That's just how I do it every day. Yeah. And this little boy is crying because um, I wouldn't let him play with my hot trail mom. No. You don't want to do that. This little boy is crying because the slide is too slow. <laughs> Relatable. Uh, I cried because the slide was too hot. Oh, yeah. That's and slow. And slow. The skin your is leg. peeling off yep. of you. She's crying because she was not allowed to eat batteries. Mm. Yeah. My mom never let me do that either. No. He's crying because I wouldn't let him climb on the table to eat the fake flower centerpiece. <laughs> I know people like this. Uh, she's crying because she had to wear shoes. Oh. You know that time where you can you have to take off the flip-flops? Yep. And um, put your winter right. shoes on. Or the cover your, cover your toes. Yeah. He's crying because he wanted turkey on wheat bread, not white. He's well, a health-conscious little boy. Yeah, he is. This little boy is crying because I wouldn't let him kiss the toilet. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> well, it's because mom loves you. So. Right. This little girl is crying because we're going to the park to play. Well, you know what? I think a nap is needed. That's, yeah. If you're crying about going to the park to play, yeah, uh, you need to take another couple of drives. Or you're just an introvert and you just need some alone time. <laughs> Again, a nap. <laughs> a nap. Um, this little boy is crying, and it is a flat-out, full-faced sob <laughs> because I put his hood up when I got chilly. You just never know. You never know. We like little ticking time bombs. <laughs> ticking time bombs. <laughs> uh, this little, this this little. I can't tell. It's a half naked child, but uh, I wouldn't let him eat the pomegranate scented bath soap. Oh, well, it smells good. You know, you'd only do that once. You would, and it wouldn't kill you. No, let yeah. him eat it. Yep. I don't have children. That's why. <laughs> I, it's probably because I, I don't. Nobody should take my advice about parenting because I don't have children. I don't have any idea how to do it. No idea. This little boy is crying because I wiped his nose. 
Oh, I get it. It's the worst. They're the worst. And, and they are little boogie factories. Yeah, ick. This time of the year, I'm slimy. This little boy is crying because we don't have a bobsled. <laughs> a bobsled. Do you, have you ever seen in real life Not a bobsled? No. Where no. do you even buy one? I don't even know. Uh, this little boy is crying, or this little boy is crying because I got bangs. <laughs> Change the whole, mom, mom looks completely different. I wonder if mom cried after she got bangs too. You know, sometimes. It's, yeah. It's you, real. Yeah, you shouldn't make big decisions like that no, sometimes. No, not, and especially, no, not yeah. on Tuesdays. No. I separated the bagel into two pieces. <laughs> That's why he's crying. Mm-hmm. Because it's picture day at school, and the nice lady pointed the camera at him. That's upsetting. <laughs> Just full-on tears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this little girl is crying because I won't let her press the button on the cat. The one right under oh, his no. tail. Oh, no. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Cats don't like that. They don't. No. Meow will work, but don't <laughs> press their buttons. This little this little boy is it, or sorry this little girl is crying because she she couldn't recognize her father without his glasses. Oh, can't recognize your father without his glasses or your mom with bangs. Right, everything is changing. <laughs> He's crying because I picked him up when he asked to be picked up. You change your mind. You change your mind <laughs> yeah. again. I I think that for many of these things a nap would cure them. Right, probably, probably. Uh, he or sorry. He's crying because he threw his binky across the room in the middle of the night. Well, if it's not there when you need it. Yeah, then it's upsetting. And I'm not exactly sure what a binky is. Like a pacifier, probably. Or is it a blanket? Both. You don't know, do you? No. Okay. My child never had a binky. He had a pacifier, not a binky. Did he have a blanket? Yeah. Did it have a special name? Blanket. (laughs) Not very exciting. I think it was blanky, actually. I think it was blanky. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't know. So and this little guy was upset because I wouldn't give him a bite of raw chicken when I was making dinner. Again, again, life lessons. One time. Right. One time. Wouldn't salmonella. do it again. Well, salmonella, it'll teach you not to eat raw chicken. <laughs> I'm saying he's two, but some of these yeah. things you need to learn. Gross. Uh pomegranate soap. Right. One time. One time is all it would take. Yeah. I can tell you for a fact, though, that um, Dove soap does not taste good. No. No soap does. Um, I haven't tasted all soaps. <laughs> because apparently I have. I don't know. I'm I not. Really I mean, know. I don't know. I, I don't. I you have don't know to me. ask. I don't know you. I don't know you. You could have. It could be a thing for you. It could be your thing. You never know. It's I, not, but you never know. Yeah. I, I remember one time, uh, it I wasn't a swear word, but it was a word that was considered a swear word in my house. Don't sure. remember what it was. Like crap or stupid or something. Yeah, yeah. it would have been probably something like that yeah. because I was pretty young. But <laughs> yeah, dove soap. Mm. The pink kind Ugh. with the ridges. Thank goodness it was a fresh bar. Ew. Brand new. Ew. But I mean, I mean, it was... Not pulled off the shower shelf. <laughs> Ew. No. No. It was fresh. Still tasted terrible. Ew. What do you have for us, Katie? Oh my goodness. Katie. 
So mine this week is 17 dramatic pets who convinced their owners they were dying. How are you going to tell us about the dramatic pets? These are tweets. Oh, okay. Yeah, these are tweets. I was going to say pictures. How are you gonna... <laughs> no, they're tweets. Okay. For a couple of days, my cat had been showing signs of dying, not drinking, not eating, sleeping and hiding. So I go to the vet today and the vet straight up said, he looks like he got into a fight and he's depressed. He lost. His vitals are fine. <laughs> Was this only an indoor cat? Who did he fight know. with? Can a cat know. be depressed? Yes. Oh, li- there's more. There. Yeah. Apparently what? they can. Apparently. Apparently. I didn't think cats had feelings. <laughs> Mine doesn't. This past summer, my cat stopped eating, drinking, etc. So I took it to the vet, and it turns out she was on a hunger strike because my boyfriend was away for the week. <laughs> oh. Uh. Cats are jerks. They can be. They can be. My cat, Teddy, has such foul pee that the rescue thought he might have a kidney condition. The vet just diagnosed him, and I quote, as a, quote, very stinky boy, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) Once my childhood dog suddenly refused to go outside and was shivering behind the couch for a solid 24 hours, so Dad took him to the vet, fearing the worst. He spent $120 to find out a possum that was living under our trailer hissed at him, and he was traumatized. (laughs) Thank you, protector of the household. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, oh, what was the one that you just said about the cat? About uh, the cat, the one before that? The foul pee. The well, can I cat? just tell you that that in the rescue, in the uh, dog, in the dog cat rescue place, the pee was so smelly that they noticed it. Yeah, that's tough. You would think that there would be something wrong. Ugh. Ew. I had a dog that would limp to avoid going to the grass to pee, but she'd forget and switch paws. <laughs> <laughs> forget which paw was hurting all of a sudden. <laughs> She's a liar, but not a very good one. <laughs> Our cat stopped eating and was lethargic. He'd cry when we picked him up. He became super limp, and so we rushed him to the ER at 2 in the morning. Turns out he had a severe case of gas. Farted while the vet was examining him. (laughs) (laughs) They gave him anti-gas meds and sent us home. (laughs) Poor thing. They probably hurt. (laughs) Was it for two days that he was gassy? I don't know. I I don't know. I didn't actually. Apparently it was really bad. I didn't really know that cats farted. I never really thought about it. My uncle's dog was scared the first couple times he went to the vet, so the receptionist gave him a treat. Now, whenever he goes to the vet, he's happy until he gets to the reception desk, and then he acts scared because he thinks he'll get a treat. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, we're going to the vet. Oh, hi, I'm super scared to be here. I need a treat. (laughs) I I didn't know that dogs were manipulative like that. Oh, gosh. Well, mine's not. Well, yeah, mine is. Mine is. She is. She's a diva. Yeah. One time my parents renovated their bathroom and then our cat got super lethargic and wouldn't eat. We naively assumed that those events were not connected. One vet trip later, turns out that our cat was depressed. He couldn't drink out of the leaky tub faucet anymore. (laughs) (laughs) How the hell do you diagnose that? (laughs) Though my cat is such a jerk, um, if we changed the sink so that he couldn't get in there, 
and get a drink every single time he went to the bathroom, <laughs> he would probably get depressed too. Probably. Probably. It's just they're normal. I mean, there's cat bowls and fresh yeah. water. I mean, like a water fountain. Yeah. And like a waterfall. Right. And mm-hmm. not enough. Nope. Nope. My cat had a mystery accident, got stitched up, and sent home. Spent three days lying motionless on a blanket, letting me feed her by hand and even drip water into her mouth. Until I left the room, and thinking I couldn't see her, she hopped up and sauntered over and helped herself to treats. <laughs> and dripping water in? into their mouths? Oh my gosh. With their mouth. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gross. And cat food is so stinky. It's gross. Ew. I had a pet duck named Pe- named Penelope who faked a limp to get attention when we went out of town for the weekend. He had an x-ray and spent the night at the vet's office for observation, all to discover the duck was a drama queen. <laughs> Poor duck. <laughs> and it had deaths. <laughs> duck death. When I was growing up, my dad had a fish tank, and the biggest fish in the tank would kill off smaller fish if my dad didn't come by once a day. It stopped when my dad taped a picture of himself to the tank so the fish would know he was there and still cared about them. (laughs) The alpha. (laughs) Last one. My dog gets depressed when she doesn't see my boyfriend for a few days and without fail gets terrible diarrhea. But the second she sees him, she's fine and won't have it again until they're apart for over three days. Talk about drama queen. <laughs> and honest to God, you wouldn't break, you couldn't break up with him. No. Because you'd have to, you take, have the to dog. take the dang dog. Yeah, you'd have to. <laughs> Diarrhea. Poor dog. That dog loved him. <clears throat> I mean, I don't get that sad when David's gone for three days. And I'm married to him. Uh, but I, I mean, I might get a little sad. Yeah, but not sick. Not sick. <sighs> so animals are drama queens most of them or jerks or jerks yeah 